0: Everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Radio Harambe. I am Dave McBride, broadcasting from the Radio Harambe Studios. And joining me from somewhere in the world, folks. That's right, back out on the road. This <laughs> is Safari Mike. Mike, where are you today? Dave, I am in Marojie National. Well, you're gonna have to spell that.
1: Alright. M-A-R-O J-E-J-Y.
0: Oh my god. And I'm just, I'm looking at what I wrote down. I'm like, good God, what could that be? It's got a African kind of spelling to it. Uh, we'll go with an African. We'll go with like, uh, first one that comes to my mind is Z- Z- Botswana, I know. Z- Zambia.
1: Dave, you're at, you're close. Uh, it, it is Africa. I'm in Madagascar.
0: Oh, yeah. See, I couldn't think... It was certainly not... If you said Mahoreti or something like that, I would... have. I, you know, those trick Js, that's when you gotta figure out where it's coming from, but cool. We but, are studying
1: the Silky shifaka.
0: Do you know what that is? No. No idea. It's a lemur.
1: It is a beautiful white lemur. It is one of the 25 most endangered primates in the world. There's less than 250 of them in the wild, at least uh, really? adults. And they are part of um, you know, conservation efforts mostly by Duke Lemur Center. Duke University, of course, really? a, f- a famous university. And they, are, they do a lot of work with lemurs. It's a, it's a large center. They have numerous lemurs. And they are active in the uh, protection of it. There's a uh, conservation called SAVA, S-A-V-A. Uh, conservation Madagascar is the sort of the name of the group, the Conservation Initiative. And they're there trying to protect you know their students go out there um you know right. they you know trying to perform an environmental education and you know about f- trying to build freshwater fish farms and fuel efficient cook stoves and and other conservation products to try to save the critically endangered uh lemur especially ones like the silky shafaka
0: I, I i've never even heard of that and um I mean, we're keeping on this theme of primates, which is where we're going, if you haven't picked that up yet, folks. Uh, and, and 250, Mike, are they in captivity? Is there
1: Very rare, Captain. No, not really. Oh. Not really.
0: So Here. this is something that could be gone in in, the, sure. in our yeah. lifetime. Uh, they sure. are
1: one of the 25 most critically endangered primates in the world. There's only about 250 of them. One of the other ones we talked about recently, the cotton-top tamarins, are, are uh, not quite as bad as 250 adults uh, in the wild, but... Also one of the 25 most critically endangered primates in the world. Madagascar is interesting because it is an island. It is, you know, Africa, part of the African continent. But it is an island that has been separated for millions of years. And 98% of the mammals, reptiles, and amphibians will be found nowhere else on the world but Madagascar, including about 100 species of lemur.
0: Yeah, we've talked about that a couple of times when we've, when we've talked about Madagascar. It is a, in itself a fascinating place. Um, and yeah, it has its own sort of, uh, ecosystem that you can, I mean, it, it is the, uh, you know, one of the great evolutionary studies mm-hmm. that that and the Galapagos—you know, these these far-off places that have species of animals that have just evolved a little differently than the ones just across the river, there, across the water, or wherever it might be. Right. Um, right. Yeah, fascinating. That's a, a great, great it, stuff. What's it, it called as as again? Mike.
1: I think one of the ten most impoverished nations in the world. Um, it, there are. It's just a very, very poor country. One of the ten, mo- you know, poorest countries. In the world. So that combined, you know, with such small populations of these animals have created, a, you know, a, there's a lot of endangered animals in right. Madagascar. What's
0: it, call- you- What's it called again, Mike? The sh- the How do you silk-
1: say Silky Shifaka. S-I-F-A-K-A.
0: Shifaka. Okay. Look, look it's that a up. beautiful uh, lemur.
1: It looks like, a. imagine what a ring-tailed lemur would look like, except a big, puffy, cotton ball kind of white fur.
0: Cool. They they are fascinating. Lemurs lemurs fascinate me. And they have tails, so they're monkeys. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. So anyway well, uh, they're, Not they're exactly primitive, right. They're primitive primates actually, but go ahead. <laughs> anyway, uh, on this show today we are going to be joined by Sarah of gluten free and dairy free at WDW not to talk about anything gluten-free or dairy-free, but to actually talk about a tour that she recently went on, a brand new addition to the Animal Kingdom, which we told you about not too long ago. But before we do that, uh, folks, as we as we mentioned a few times, a few, uh, few episodes ago, uh, we have changed the format a little bit. We wanted to get away from spending a lot of time on um, kind of trivial uh, news stuff in every show and instead be able to focus a little bit more on one Animal Kingdom-related um, topic in as many Of the shows as possible and hold the sort of news, you know, the kind of less important news, the, you know, the sauces changed at the chicken wings over here, Mm -hmm. something like that, for one kind of show per month. And we also wanted to change the, uh, you know, put the uh, world news in sort of one show per month as well. Because let's face it, if you're listening to this podcast, you already know these news stories before we get to them, Um, at least the world news. It's just a chance for us, for Mike and I, to kind of sound off on that kind of stuff. But, uh, so we're going to do that, and we're going to do that in short order, and, and uh, you know, not not this episode, but in an episode coming up real soon. But we did not. We also promised you that if we had big breaking news, that we were going to pass that along to you and make sure that we focus on that, um, even in one of these shows. And that's what we're going to do right now for the first time. We have a big. Piece of news and a very disappointing piece of news. As we learned last week, we actually recorded a show and put it to air before we knew. So the last show that you heard was be- was recorded before we ever mm-hmm. even knew this was happening. Um, the we were and on that show, Mike, we were talking about what a big deal it's going to be on on Earth Day, and now it looks like it may not be that big a deal on Earth Day at <laughs> Disney's Animal Kingdom because it looks like nothing is going to open new. No, They're putting the kibosh on all of them, not just one. And I think that confused some people, right, Mike? I mean, some people didn't know what... Let's put it this way. We, there's there's a couple of confusing things. Before we get too too far into it, I wanted to mention a couple of things here. The news came out. It went on the Disney Parks blog. And there was a lot of little sort of disinformation. Not disinformation, but I think people didn't quite understand what was being said in some of these things. Mm-hmm. Everything. Which includes, basically, the Rivers of Light and the new Nighttime Safari. As well as... Um, the new kind of show, the the, the new the music, and all mm-hmm. the other little things that are adding are all being delayed. None of this is going to open on the 22nd.
1: Well, I mean, and that may, sort of makes sense when you think about right. it. I mean, if Rivers of Light is broken and they can't get it good to go by April 22nd, they're not going to have the, the nighttime safari or that entertainment. I mean, all those things were sort of being put in place to lead you up to Rivers of Light. Correct. So if there's no real... You know, capper at the end there, then they're just not going to do it.
0: Correct. So everything is getting put on hold. Um, the other bit of information that came in there that kind of got a little misconstrued throughout the uh, internet ether as well was uh, they also announced that they would be giving us more information. Right. Sometime in late May. Mm -hmm. And that got turned into, for a lot of folks, it's been delayed to open in late May. That is absolutely not the case. From the wording of what they said and the uh, press releases that I've seen, they are giving no information on when this could be reopening.
1: No, they have no idea. Right now. they They basically hope to know when it will open by mid to late May. I mean, that's pretty much what you could read into that. Right. Um, so if you were going in like Memorial Day weekend or something, I wouldn't count on this being being there. Um, you're going, Dave, right in the middle of June, sometime, right? Correct. And I, I, <laughs> Early I, June,
0: I, and I, it's going to be like the second week of June. Um, yeah, that's. I, I mean, it doesn't it's not looking good.
1: No, I just hope it's there when when I go in late August.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and and I would say at this point, considering that they're telling us they have nothing to offer. Um, you know, the timing is not even going to be talked about until perhaps late May. Yeah. I would put August at only maybe a 25%, 30% chance of that happening as well at this point. because yeah, Because, I mean, you know, I, if they're going to delay it...
1: The only thing I will tell you is even the same day that they announced this, they released a new commercial um, and a new um, sort of slogan... It's the summer of awakenings. Is like their, you know, advertising slogan. Right. And front and center of that is yeah, rivers know. of light and the tree of life stuff
0: that I they're know. showing. Amazing, isn't it? I mean, it was. It was. Uh...
1: So that gives me hope that they're 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 really they really think they'll get it open sometime in the summer, uh, or you know, sometime you know, maybe July, August, something, um, so that the that new advertising slogan is not a bull faced lie.
0: It. <laughs> It's incredible. I mean, yeah. it, it, you know where where we've come to here. It's it's it this we happens not, all the time, though. Dude, it does happen track. all the time, but they usually don't. Uh, yes, it does happen all the time, right. and there are a lot of a uh, lot of chan- points where you can go back and can say it happened here, here, and here. Yeah, test track. It usually doesn't a so no white thing, yeah. right? But it usually doesn't get to the point where travel agents are noted are notified yeah. as to when their preview is going to be. Usually, that's not the case. Um, which they did, and people were getting ready to go down there this week, actually, um, for previews. So that's what's kind of surprising. That leads me to believe that that the initial testing was going very well, and Mm -hmm. something happened within that testing, either some specific item no longer works, or maybe they came up with a structural issue with the engineering. Yeah. Something like that. With the, with the, with the, with the, with with the amphitheater section. Um, You know, I've been kind of scrambling around Mike to try to find some updates on the, on the, the construction error to see if we can figure it out.
1: It has to be the, the, um, the show itself because they've been testing and they're constantly testing these floats. People are always taking pictures of the floats and the lotus flower in the water. Right. Something's going on where they're having a hard time with that because generally speaking, they wouldn't test that during the day um, unless they were really <laughs> desperate to try to, to, to figure out what was going on to, to, to have it ready and available the day they said they were going to have it.
0: And doesn't it seem like such a weird thing of all the stuff to, to, to have problems with? What a strange thing to, to go with those little floats. I mean, it's, you know, but mm-hmm. that, you know, anytime you put stuff in water... Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, things can go wrong pretty quick. so it's uh, so as depressing as it is, that is the news for the day
1: they they are they have announced a whole bunch of uh, Earth Day little events um, to sort of go around for that day. I mean there are a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that day. Nothing, you know, obviously nothing um, great opening or anything like that. I could run through them real quick if you'd like.
0: Yeah, go ahead. Of course. All right.
1: At the Oasis, they're doing a couple of Jungle Book things. There's a Jungle Book sand sculpture that uh, that was built. Uh, you know, they're big on those sand sculptures. Uh-huh. So there's also some sort of matching game that has to do with the new Jungle Book movie coming out. Discovery Island has things. Well, there's the book signing with Joe Rohde. Right. There are, you know, the obligatory specialty cupcakes. Coming, um, right. there's you know a couple of vendors that are going to be selling. Like one's going to be books made from pressed flowers and plants. Another thing is going to be selling um, you know fairy houses made from material found in you know around the area. That kind of stuff. Right. Um, Africa has some special treats. There's an Earth Day inspired pineapple treats at Zuri's. There's more specialty cupcakes at Kusafiri. Um There's uh, something called Simba says and use your flippers, wings, or paws. And take a walk on the wild side, but only if Simba says. So I guess that's like Simon says. They're going to be doing games like that. Right, right, right. Uh, there's a couple things that Planet at Rafiki's. There's a, uh, uh, something where you can compare yourself to how you would measure up to to be a bird. Um, and Juni Cricket will be meeting there out there for the, that week. Um, Asia has leap for wildlife. Show your enthusiasm for conservation and discover the lengths you go to protect wildlife. And then at Dino Land, the last of them is a dino plant exploration. Use your ma- imagination and help survey the prehistoric on a top-secret mission. So you got a lot of these little games and stuff that will be going on that day. Most of them are just Earth Day. A few things like Jiminy Cricket will, will be for the week or so, and a couple of the vendors too. Right.
0: But, and, that's the, and that's the norm. For, mm-hmm. for for these events is this kind of thing.
1: This seems to be a little bit more than what they usually do. I mean, there is a whole bunch of these little things, but
0: well, I think they probably planned a lot of them, thinking it was going to be a lot lot bigger deal, and a, you know, that's probably fair. <coughs> so we have uh, we have some bad news, anyway. Mike, anything you any anything else you want to uh, add to this before we take our quick break and then bring Sarah in? Not at all. Okay, so we are going to take a short break, and when we come back. We're going to talk about a brand new tour at Disney's Animal Kingdom. So stay tuned. Harambe, we are joined now by Sarah from, make sure I get this right, Gluten-Free and Dairy-Free at WDW, but it's you, Gluten-Free, Dairy-Free, WDW.com, correct?
2: Uh, sort of. It's Gluten-Free, Dairy-Free, yeah, WDW.com. See, I can't even get my own, right, my own site right.
0: <laughs> but, but it's actually it's titled adorable. Gluten-Free and Dairy-Free at WDW. Yeah. That's what the headline says. So, uh, but... We're not here to talk about glutens or dairies or food of any kind. <laughs> we're, uh, we're having Sarah on here because she was lucky enough to be, a, uh, I guess, one of the very first people. I mean, it could have been too many because uh, I believe it all, this only runs once a day or so. On the new revamped backstage tour at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Now, Sarah, I've been on the old one. Okay. Mike has not. Mm-mm. Okay. Uh so I Mike is going to be just l- listening intently on on what he's missing. <laughs> and, and I will probably be spending my time comparing the two. So I <laughs> so I apologize in advance for that. Um but so let's begin. When did you go? I mean you must have been recently.
2: Yes, I went recently. So my boyfriend and I went on Valentine's Day. We decided to oh. do that as a Valentine's Day tour. Uh so it was my kind of
1: couple. Yeah, Yeah, we know how to to do it right.
2: (laughs) 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 So yeah, we went on Valentine's Day. Um, We had originally, I will admit, looked for some other non-Animal Kingdom tours. We were going to do Keys to the Kingdom, but that was way booked out. And then we were looking at other kinds of Disney tours and we both are huge animal lovers and we both love the animal kingdom. We were like, you know what? This tour is new. We should check it out. And lo and behold, they had spots open. So we were able to do this tour.
0: Yeah. It's, it was never a tour that I, even the old one, the back, I guess the old one was called backstage magic. I think, um, was I think that, It was
1: backstage safari. Dude.
0: Backstage safari. That's exactly it. Um, the, the old one was never hard to get, uh, get booking in but uh it's anyway it was fantastic so you went on valentine's day you decided to spend uh valentine's day at the animal kingdom with a bunch of smelly animals um (laughs) let's go through the process tell us a little bit about how it went and what you did and sort of step by step and then mike and i'll interject as you do that
2: sure sounds good well the first thing of course booking it it is about $90 a person. So it isn't a super cheap tour, but by Disney tour standards, I would say it's fairly affordable. I think there's a ten or fifteen percent annual pass holder and Disney Vacation Club discount. So there are some discounting options, which was nice. So we booked that probably about a week in advance. Uh and so it's about a four hour tour and they make you get there at seven thirty in the morning. Yeah.
0: So Yes they do.
2: <laughs> we were bright and early. Uh they want you to be there fifteen minutes before the tour. So we were literally at the animal kingdom park i'm gonna say 6 30 in the morning because we're both very timely people so we were like the first
1: people in the park which is great where did where did you actually sort of meet for this
2: you meet in the front so right where guest relations is or to Mm -hmm. the left of uh the ticket gates you meet there um they have you sign in you sign uh of course, you know, your life away, your firstborn, your pets, whatever, uh, to Disney, saying you're not going to take pictures and stuff behind stage, that you're going to follow their guidelines, that you're not going to feed the animals or touch the animals, that kind of thing. Uh, So you sign sign a waiver, and then they also get you set up with uh, a headset, so that you can wear that on the tour, so that the cast members who are the tour guides can talk to you wherever you're at on the tour, especially, I suppose, if the group gets a little large. We had five people on our tour today and we were two of the five people so it was not a uh, very busy tour group.
0: Yeah mm-hmm. and, and that was the case with ours as well um, and I think that's that's quite, quite often the case is that it's, it's just not one of those things where people are, uh, are clamoring to get in it So, and I consider that a good thing
2: yeah it really was a good thing we had uh, two parents and daughter and she was I think around 18 she had just graduated high school so this was one of her presents was to do this tour so it was a nice little group and I guess the tour groups there are I think up to 12 people, they said, which by Disney tours, I know Keys of the Kingdom is much larger, so that's a very small tour group. Um, And they said that even if there was one individual, that they would still run the tour because we were like, well, how many people would you need to actually do the tour? Would you cancel? And they said, no. If there's one person, we will do the tour. (laughs) Wow. Cool. So I thought that was kind of cool. I agree. Um, Yeah. So we got set up. We got to meet our tour group, friends for the day, uh, and then we also got to meet our tour guides for the day. We had two tour guides. Uh, the first was sort of a lead tour guide. His name was Timmy, and he was awesome. And then we had another tour guide, uh, named Tanya, who was with us part of the time, but then she was also sort of off and about uh, getting snacks ready for us. We had a break halfway through, which we'll talk about. And uh, then she also drove us from various spots throughout the backstage.
0: Right, right. Um, so you went in the, the vans.
2: Correct. You start off walking. So we're in the front of the park. We check in at guest relations. We got to then go into the main part of the park. So right at the entrance where they have uh, the stones, where it's sort of the dedication to the park. We got to start our tour there. And they give us a little bit of background about the park itself. They let us know that we're going to be walking through the park. And then they give us the cautionary, you can take photos now. (laughs) But very soon, you will not be allowed to take photos. So... Right. they they let you know pretty clearly on what you can and can't do uh, so we walk through the oasis up through Discovery Island again we we're the only people in the park really at that point except for those who maybe had reservations at Tusker House and then we go to the Pangani Forest Trail that's the first spot we went in on this tour so, so I don't know Dave if that's what you did as well
0: yeah, absolutely. So far, it's spot on. <laughs> Has, okay. hasn't changed at all. One yeah. thing I,
1: I'm curious about, though, I mean, if this, if you have to be there at 7.15, I mean, if you are a resort guest, I guess you can't rely on the buses, right? I mean, that's a little early for the buses. I mean, you're local, right? Yeah. So like the, I mean, I guess you're going to have to get a cab. I mean, I, I don't know if I would be relying on a, a bus to pick you up at 6.45 in the morning when the park opens at 9. But anyway...
0: Yeah, that's th- 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 a good point. It, it is a good point, and I don't know the answer to that, because because what I do recall is that I happened to have booked it on a day where it was uh, an extra magic hour, so they were running that early. Okay. So I, I didn't have an issue with that, but um, I don't know what you do. My, my 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 guess is the buses will be running.
1: Yeah, well, it might be yeah. risky. You might want to, if you don't have your own car, I might. Might uh, fork money over for a cab. <laughs> so you were there at <laughs>
0: seven thirty. Are you sure the extra magic hours weren't at eight o'clock?
2: There were there were lines of folks when we got there, but they were there was no extra magic hours at okay.
0: that point. All right.
2: <laughs> so that there were people at the ticket area, but they were not even letting people into uh, the main area of the park, into mm-hmm. where they sort of crowd people at this point. So we were definitely in there first. So that was one of those. And it was very chilly that day, so extra magic hours seems like it might not be a day for it anyways just because of the weather
0: so yeah well I, I, well I,
2: s- say, I suppose early for
0: those but right right, <laughs> right okay so you go through the uh the Pangani. do you did you walk the whole thing essentially
2: essentially we walked through most of it uh so we go into the aviary that's where we uh, primarily got to go to and we got to speak with one of the cast members there who talked about uh, the birds and then we also got to help with the morning feeding which was fun so right those who are squeamish and do not like worms should be <laughs> forewarned that there are live meal worms that the birds eat. And so if you are not comfortable with that, you may want to abstain from helping feed the birds. <laughs> but it was a really cool experience because we got to hear a lot about the birds, we got to hear a lot about the uh, species survival program with the birds, how they try to identify the different sexes of the birds, especially um, with the juveniles not being able to determine what the sex is until mm-hmm. they're a little bit older older um and how they transport them for this species survival program i thought that was really interesting because um they talked about they basically have a very short window um to sort of take you know send birds to other facilities for just because of the temperature and those kinds of things so we it, learned a lot on and, top I, of to feed them.
0: and i'll tell you that did not happen with ours we did not do any feeding of anything in, in at the backstage safari, so that's a that's a big difference right there. That's a that's a much more interactive experience, and that that's kicking it up a notch. So that's good. Now,
1: that's... when you when you went through Pangani, did you stop at any of the other uh, like exhibits, or straight to the aviary and straight out?
2: Straight to the aviary and then straight out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because they're they uh, what the uh, I mean the old tour. <laughs> I keep saying that, but I, I I assume it hasn't changed in its planning so mike they're not really interested in backstory they don't really talk about that much i mean a little bit in some places they did um but it's not really the focus of the tour so they're not really going to go through anything besides what they're what they're there to show you sure sure
1: but i'm assuming the other animals were sort of off exhibit so there was really no i mean the gorillas you probably wouldn't have even been able to see even if you stopped at that spot right i mean you, you walked right. past it and there was just nothing there
2: Correct, yeah. Most of the animals at that point were not on stage, and it was also, like I said earlier, a really cold day, uh, because it does get, I'm going to say cold for Florida, uh, but for us it was in, you know, kind of the, I'm going to say high 40s, early, you know, low 50s, so that for us is fairly chilly, Uh, so they had a lot of animals backstage at that point in the day.
1: That's not, that's not cool, Sarah.
2: I know. Well, <laughs> for us Floridians, that is cool. Trust me. I was freezing. Um, so, so yeah, we didn't really get to see much of the other stuff there in Pangani, but it was great because as we were walking through Harambe, our tour guides did, did give us a lot of information about sort of the design and the backstory, which, so that was kind of nice that we did get that piece as we were going through. They just didn't really talk a lot about once we got into the Pangani Forest Trail, mm-hmm. you know, those details, um, but I'd be curious, Dave. How mm-hmm. much was the tour that you went on?
0: Price wise?
2: Price wise, yeah.
0: Seventy-ish. Uh, okay. I would say around there. They the, what? They seem to have, they seem to be trending towards raising this mm. all across the board here.
2: They raise everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they're 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 you know they're adding a few things here and there and and and, and changing and 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 raising the price. Mike and I talked about. You know the one that really sticks out is the um, the one over at the Animal Kingdom Lodge, which is now two hundred and fifty dollars. Um, you know the what, what was that the Sunrise Safari, right, Mike? Am I uh, the... right? Correct,
1: correct. But that's I mean they've they've, they've amped that up a bit too. We well, yeah, right. So
0: time, they're doing that in 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 all of these things. But I would say it was about that seventy something dollar range, which used to be your three hour tour all over. Every tour was around that price, and now they've kind of moved them around a little bit. So. <laughs> So you we we and plus we had the discount too. So we did better. We did good. Yeah, yeah, you did. I
2: was just curious as we start to talk about it and see the differences. I'm like, oh, I wonder how much the price increase sort of gave extra or where it's pretty much the same thing. So it's always interesting to see where they price price up things.
0: So far, you have gotten more. That's for sure. <laughs> well-
2: that's good so we went to pangani forest trail we fed the birds for a bit uh we got to take photos we we spent a lot of time i would say i can't remember the time at this point but we did spend a pretty extensive amount of time in the aviary which i thought was great um and then at that point once we finished time with the feeding we were then taken back uh through harambe and we went backstage uh behind the festival of the lion king so they took us back that way. We got to go back through the building there. And at that point, we got the, you really cannot take photos.
0: <laughs> this,
2: this is a no-fly zone when yeah. it comes to photography, yeah. so please put your phones away. You know, be respectful of that, but you are going to get to see some really cool stuff. Mm. And that it, being said, I loved, it actually was nice not taking photos. Part of me was like, oh, some of the things we saw backstage, which we'll get into, I wish I could have taken photos. But we also really got to then enjoy everything that we saw and really take it all in so the first thing they do is they take it backstage we then got on a bus
0: I didn't take any photos either
2: no. None, yeah, no. they don't like you to take those photos backstage. No, no, no. It ruins magic.
0: <laughs> I didn't take any. You didn't take any? any. <laughs> are you saying,
2: I'm like, I'm detecting some sarcasm. A little there, bit. Today. A little bit. A little bit. Just a little bit. Now, I will say, I did take a bathroom, not in the bathroom, but like in the bathroom <laughs> facility, like to see what the bathroom was in their uh, administrative building. That was as far as I did for my illegal
0: photos. So. Right. Okay, so you get on the bus and now you're going around the ring road that's around the outside. Correct.
2: correct. Yep, and so the first stop we take is the uh, elephant barn and the rhino barn which are right next to each other so we stop there um we are told very quickly hey you may or may not see animals today is one of those days that we are probably going to see more animals back in the barns uh because of the quote unquote chilly weather so we get to the barn for the elephant and there are i believe three elephants out at that time uh, that were doing some feeding, so that was great. We got to uh, hear a little bit about the uh, elephants from the keepers there.
0: So so um, you actually saw the elephants in the barn?
2: Yes, we saw the elephants Yeah, in the See,
0: barn. when we were there, it, they had already gone out on stage, so we, you just saw a big empty barn being, being washed out. <laughs>
2: Oh well, and that's the interesting thing. You know, they said if you're coming on a cold day, you are much more likely to see a lot of animals backstage. So they actually recommended it, at least our tour guides did. They said you should really try to come back again. If you do this again, come back when it's colder because you've more of a chance to see them.
0: Right. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. I never heard that.
2: Yeah, so that was cool. I know that they did mention that sometimes if you're very lucky back there with the elephants, you will get to see them uh, bathe the elephants So that can be kind of fun. We did not see that. We just got to see them kind of getting their morning breakfast and getting prepared to then go back up, go on stage at that point. So um, we didn't really get to spend an extensive amount of time with the elephants uh, before they then moved us on to the rhino barns, which is right next door. So we literally just walked, you know, several hundred feet over to the rhino barn where we got to talk to one of the cast members there. And we actually got to spend a good amount of time there with one of the white rhinos, which was unbelievable. Yeah. It was yeah, it was remarkable. The the white rhino literally my arm's length to the white rhino like I could have just touched him.
0: Yeah, that's so we we, we, just right we did that as well. That that I guess I think from what I understand Mike, they they have quite a bit of um white rhinos. They have a lot of white rhinos and there's there from what they told us there's always there's always somebody back there. Right. You know, so uh you're 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 often going to see that. You know, you're going to see a white rhino back there. So that's that's the and and I'm glad to see it's still there cuz it's such an impressive animal and mm-hmm. it's so beautiful to see. I mean, it just blows you away. It really does.
2: Yeah, he's a he, the the one that we saw was a beautiful beautiful white rhino and just so impressive the size of the white red we were like oh my goodness just to see it that close in person um And we got to talk to one of the the Keepers there, and he was great at just, you know, kind of telling us a little bit about uh, the White Rhinos and the program there. Um, He also was, uh, he worked formerly at SeaWorld, so we got to hear a little bit about SeaWorld too, which was interesting. Um, The one thing that I think Brandon and I both noticed throughout the tour is that the Keepers back behind Stage Nose cast members seemed a lot more but I'm going to say loose about talking to us. Um, Not that they were disclosing like super secret information, but they just seem more comfortable in talking to us like any other person that they're talking about the animals, Um, that this wasn't an on-stage kind of experience that you really were going backstage and getting to see some stuff. You got to see like the real stuff that was happening. So that was cool.
0: Yeah. And, and it, it also struck me and Mike, you would know this better than me. It struck me how sort of, Spartan these things are. How sort of uh, bar- barren is the better word I'm looking for? These these um, these facilities are back there. I mean the the elephant barn is literally just a concrete barn. Well, it makes it a lot easier to keep clean with big giant steel bars that separate the elephants. Right. right. You know, there's no. Uh, there's no, you know, like my dogs all have little beds on the floor. You know, there's nothing like that there for any of these animals. There's some hay maybe, but that's about it. I don't. I, that that I always was kind of stunned by, but I, I guess they have pretty nice digs out on stage. So, well,
1: yeah. I mean, to, to be honest, Dave, I mean, from the the naturalistic habitat looking thing in many ways is really more for the viewer than it is for the animal. But that's right. you know, for a discussion for another day.
0: So you go, you finish up with your, uh, your encounter with the Rhino, then probably back on the bus and off to another stop. Correct?
2: No, we no. actually got to go around the corner and we got to go hang out with the hyenas, which was not on the tour. The zookeeper, you know, the keeper of a cast member there was like, Hey, you guys should go see, you guys should come back and see the hyenas out here. So, they had one hyena uh, that we got to see backstage. That's also where they keep the painted dogs as well, but the painted dogs were already out on stage. Uh, I believe the male and the female hyena were on stage, and then they had one male backstage. Um, his name was Roby, and he was. I've never seen a hyena up close, so it was very impressive we didn't get to get super close to him but we got to watch a little bit from a distance um but they're amazing creatures uh it was also from the personal perspective i was like oh poor roby i guess he's getting beat up a little bit by the other male hyena so they're actually going to transfer him according to what the cast members told us to another facility uh, where he's not going to get beat up So uh that was one of the reasons he was backstage at that point in the day, just because they're having some issues with both of the males. So, um it was neat that we got to see the hyena. Of course, as a you know, a human we're like we sort of anthropomorphize and feel bad for the hyena. I'm sure, you know, that's just kind of the the nature of the way things go. Mm -hmm. But uh it's nice to know that he's gonna go to another facility
0: too. So Yeah, and And that's that's common, right, Mike?
1: Oh yeah, that happens all the time. Yeah. They have uh you know animals you know just like people some some don't get
0: along with others and right they move them out <laughs> right right cool that's that now that's a nice little bonus you got there that's pretty cool yeah that is yeah cool. that is very yeah cool.
2: so we have to do that uh once we did that uh then we did get back on the bus at that point and then from there we ended up over at the uh the their nutrition center, basically. So we got to go into that facility and see uh, how they prepare the food for the animals, how they, um, where they get the food, how they portion things out, which I thought was fascinating. I knew that they had particular diets for each of the animals, but I had no idea how regimented it was. Uh, You know, each sort of animal has its own dossier. And basically that dossier says what they're going to get every single day of the week when they get a treat. Uh, what the treat is, how much the the food item weighs. Uh, We we saw one cast member who was literally picking up one piece of lettuce to get it to be the right ounce for the measurements for that particular animal.
0: Have you ever seen so many Tupperware containers in your entire life? (laughs)
2: So many Tupperware containers. I was was blown away. I had no idea. Um, And so I was just like, that's so impressive. The level of management that they have to have to keep track of all of this um i can't even i'm a librarian and i'm like ooh, all the stuff that they have to co-locate and organize i just i couldn't even imagine It's it's crazy and then the other cool thing was that they did show us not only sort of what they get in their daily diets but we got to see sort of things that they give to them as treats so I was like, oh, there's peanut butter, there's honey, there's glitter. Why is there glitter on the stack of shelves? And that was one of the supplies that they use in case they need to. Uh, check a scat sample so they can identify which animal it came from so i thought that was really interesting some of the types of things that they were using um not only from a treat perspective but also from um, a medical and more identification perspective that they could look at with the different animals so very interesting things
0: definitely and that's 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 a highlight and has been for quite a quite a long time people have people have Enjoyed that. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a big fan of watching people put salads together, um, so it didn't re- it didn't really appeal to me. But my wife thought it was like the greatest thing in the world, like to 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 see that whole area, that whole production area, really. And it's not even produc- production. It's uh, what's the the whole sort of staging area for the for the animals in general is what she really really liked, and it's it is cool.
2: Yeah, it's definitely very cool. And the other thing I will say is at the time that we went, uh, we got to see them preparing more of the carnivore thing. So things like rats and uh you know, raw chicken and other kinds of things. So if you do not like looking at that kind of stuff or you might have issues with certain smells, that would be something I would caution ahead of time because it's not the nicest smelling place but it was fascinating i thought it was really interesting to see how much they do there
0: yeah i don't remember that but uh, okay but uh, maybe we were just there at a different time you know maybe they were just doing uh preparing less stinky stuff uh,
2: (laughs) i think it's the luck of the draw which is the kind of cool thing about this tour is i think anytime you could go on it it would be different which is
0: really cool very true very true
2: so then, once we got out of the, uh, you know, the nutrition center, then we moved on to uh, the vet hospital. We got to go backstage there. We actually got to see them. We were in sort of the main operating area, which you can see on stage at Rafiki's Planet Watch. And we got to go in sort of the back entrance. Um, at that time, though, they uh, really ushered us out quickly because we were in rooms with, you know tables for the animals and they were like we have a situation so they ended up bringing in i believe a fox bat and they had to do uh, an exploratory search on him at that time so we had to get out of you know the vet area so they could perform that procedure on the on the bat
0: yeah when, when we were there they actually because uh, again so it's funny how these things seem to all be sound so much alike but um, when we were there, there was a, a very similar situation, but it was with, I believe, some sort of tortoise um, that had come in and they were afraid it had developed some sort of... Uh, uh, actually, he had come in w- to the park with some sort of respiratory issue. So they had to sort of quarantine him. Everything else had to be taken out. We couldn't go in there. Nothing can go in. You know, nothing can go near it. Uh, they, I mean, their whole point was this isn't doesn't have anything to do with your safety. This has to do with you know the safety of the other, the other animals that might be in contact with you. Um, so that's the that's the, the, the thing there. It was really it's really incredible when you think about what they have to. When you see this, you think about what this park has to do to to get going. You know, just just to work day in and day out—it's incredible, absolutely incredible.
2: Yeah, it absolutely is, and you know, even more interesting, of course, is you know, once you do this tour, you find out so much that you you thought you knew, but you definitely didn't know. Um, and even with right. sort of this onstage bat hospital, you know, this was a bat—it uh, was a very large bat, as we saw very quickly up close. Um, but to to see what they can and can't do with varying size of animals. You know, with an elephant or a tiger, they can't really bring them into some of those facilities. They have to do it in different ways, usually in their barns, um, which we learned about later throughout the tour. But it's remarkable, number one, that they also do this on stage. So I think it's great for guests to be able to actually watch a procedure. And learn about it, and actually have some Q and A afterwards with the vets and the vet techs, which I thought was really awesome. We just got got a really weird view of it behind stage.
0: <laughs> right. The other thing that kind of kills me about it, like when you get when when you get to this right when we when you get to uh, the this area, I mean, I have no idea if you're driving around back there, you had no idea you're anywhere near Rafiki's Planet Watch. I mean, mm-hmm. it's you're you're you know, you really see. What the difference is between front stage and backstage? I mean, it's just it's worlds apart. And you get there, and you, you Mike, you really don't know where you are. I mean, right. they could drive you anywhere, and you wouldn't know where you were. And Sarah, when you were there, did you see the old? There were there were like old pieces of like Expedition Everest, just sitting out in the in the in the sun. There, did you? Was that still there when you were there? Because I think it was in that area.
2: We, I don't know if it was Expedition Everest. Stuff, but we certainly saw a bunch of old, like I'm gonna say, Jam and Jungle floats, which they've had. Oh,
0: that's probably what it is. They've
2: had those out for like the Run Disney races because I run the Jingle Jungle 5K every year, Mm -hmm. and they have that there. And so there was a bunch of that. I think that was mostly what it was was Jam and Jungle stuff.
0: But gotcha.
2: It always feels really tragic. I've I've seen a bunch of stuff backstage in Epcot too, and it always feels kind of sad that you see things that you love just kind of like languishing in the corner and just kind of not doing anything. But they they have those
1: fountains that they used to have out in front of where Those kind of funky, colorful uh, fish looking things hanging around back there too somewhere.
0: Funky, colorful fish-looking thing.
2: <laughs> so the next time I do a tour, I'm going to look for funky, weird-looking fish-colored That's things. So you'll
0: see them. And I will not you know, miss Mike them. Mike was right.
2: <laughs> Mike was right. I will not miss them. All right,
0: <laughs> we so let us, didn't see let, those. let us stop interrupting you. Keep, keep, you, you please.
2: <laughs> so then, uh, so once we did that, we then got a break for the day. So this is about. I was going to say it's about three and a half, four hour tour. Um, at that point we were given a break, which was kind of a welcome relief. If you are not uh, into standing a bunch, be forewarned, we'll be standing a lot. Yes, they do put you on a bus from occasion, but by by and large, you are standing or walking, so that can be a little taxing for some folks. Um, but we got to go to more their education building, and there we got to have a break. So when we first checked in in the morning, uh, Tanya, our cast member, asked us if we Wanted coffee or tea, and you know, kind of let us know there was going to be a snack at that point when we took a break. Um, of course, I have special dietary needs because I have celiac disease uh, and I can't have dairy, so I let her know early on hey would it be okay you know do you guys have any options if so that would be great if not no problem um and so when i got there we had all of our drinks with our names on them and then she also had um some gluten-free cookies for me which was really nice so it was cool that they took the little extra step to have that and then everybody else got uh, rice crispy treats so there was that which <laughs> nice. is <laughs> you know, nothing says energy like some sugar and Rice Krispie treats in the morning. So, that's right. Um, you know, get some sugar in you. So we got to have that. We got to sit a little bit. We also got
1: uh, a
2: uh, stainless steel uh, water bottle that said backstage jails Tour" on it, which is cool. So I got oh. to bring that home with me.
1: It's, that's kind of, sim- they do something similar with the Wild Africa Trek. Give you a stainless steel water
0: bottle oh, too. Nice. Yeah, we we got these like really cheap uh, cheaper than the um, than the plastic uh, coffee cups that you get at the resorts. It, they were worse than those. And uh, um, I mean, it was just a gray cup with like a little black stamp on it that says backstage safari and i actually remember one of the people one of the guests complaining about it <laughs> it was that bad Aww. yeah it was really poorly made but you know whatever i mean it's free i don't really well it's not free but it was... it's not
2: free it's included it's, yeah. with your purchase right
0: it just wasn't all that exciting that's what
2: my uh like fifteen twenty dollar extra cost was for the uh You know, the stainless steel mug. But, yeah, that was a nice little takeaway. So we were excited we got to take that with us. While we got to sit in the Education Center, they told us a little bit about, and we had heard this throughout the tour, a little bit about what they do through the Education Center. Most of the tour guides that are at the Education Center also do tours at epcot so our lead uh tour guide timmy also does tours with uh the dolphins at epcot as well and so they talked a little bit about that they talked about the things that they do within the orlando community uh for education and then we also got uh i'm guessing it was probably an intern who did probably about a 15 to 20 minute talk about some of the research that he had done and work that he had done with Disney on uh, for piping plovers uh, in the Midwest, and so he talked a little bit about that. They gave us some information about piping plovers and the work that they had done, and so that was kind of neat to hear about the research that they're doing and how Disney is involved in different kinds of projects outside of the Disney parks and outside of the Animal Kingdom. Um, and of course, you know, got some caffeine in us while we got to, listen to that, which is always important um and then once that break was done then they really started to move us along they you know they didn't let us linger too long in the education facility and then we were back on the bus again and then at that point in the day they're saying you know our tour is starting to wind down but we're going to take you someplace extra special (laughs) and so we're like i don't know what that is i will say at the beginning of the tour they did ask us what was something that we were looking forward to seeing on the tour what would be something that we would love to see that we weren't sure we weren't going to get to see now the uh the 18 year old graduate with us said she really wanted to see tigers i in my dorkiness said i wanted to see willie the aardvark because i had not seen him yet good
0: for you and in my dorkiness
1: I'm proud of Sarah. See,
2: this is I wanted to see Willie the Artvark. Sadly, I did not get to see him that day. Uh. And unfortunately the cast members did not know that Willie the Artvark was there. Hmm. They kept thinking I was referring to an armadillo. I'm like, no, Willie the Artvark. Like here's a photo of him at Rafiki's Planet Watch. He's adorable.
0: <laughs> um,
2: so I did not get to see him that day. However, the eighteen year old who came with us, her dreams were, were granted and she got to we got to see the tigers, which was Super cool.
0: Wow. Yeah. Neat. So
2: yeah, they took us to the cat barn. There were three tigers back there. Um, the other ones were out on stage and we got to see one male and two females. The so two females are siblings and I believe they have been at the facility for a while. And I believe the male is a newer acquisition for the animal kingdom park. Um, but, They really let us go fairly close up to the Tigers, which is... The the barn for the Tigers certainly is very um, gated. You know, once you get back there, it's like fencing, within fencing, within fencing. Like, they are really making sure that nobody gets in contact with the Tigers. Um, So we were close, but really, like, Mm, gated away from them. But that being said, they were amazing. Um, Of course being cats, they were very lazy at that point in the day Um, taking naps Um, we got to see a little bit about the barn facilities learn a little bit more about them and then this is where you realize a big cat can do a lot more damage than a little cat because they were showing us the cat toys and they had a giant ball attached to what looked like a very large industrial bungee cord and the ball was completely deflated so, one of the females had gotten, they had gotten this new toy. They had given this cat toy to one of them. She basically destroyed it in a day.
0: Right. And it cost $5,000.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,
0: so, now you know why tickets are so expensive. <laughs> now we know why this tour and the tickets are so expensive.
2: But, it was remarkable to see some of the things that they do to enrich and engage the animals. And also how large cats are large cats and they will destroy things so that's incredible it was i was like i wish i could take a photo of this right now because it was quite impressive so um we got to spend quite a bit of time back with the tigers and just kind of walking through and seeing them um again we couldn't take any photos the females were a little bit more active than the male was um and then once that was done they let us know that okay we're at the end of our tour. Um, We're going to head back. However, we want you to kind of stick around for a few minutes because we want you to see something. So we're backstage still. We're right by uh, the Big Cat Barns. And we're right almost on, I'm going to say the Exodus somewhere again, close to Harambe, Rafiki's plant. It was somewhere in that area. Um, but they want us to stay there because the macaws are coming out. And so they said, it's amazing to see the macaws from backstage, you know, we're right at that time of day where the macaws are gonna come out. So let's just hang around here for a little bit. So we hung around there for literally about 15 minutes and just talked with the cast members and the tour guides and learned a little bit, again, more about what they do. And then sure enough you hear the screeching and macaws come out and that was one of those just again really impressive things i've seen the macaws uh, up front in the park but seeing them backstage was really because cool. you just saw this rush of birds just come towards you and then go right they know where to go and then they were just out front so that was a really cool experience that the cast members you know had us wait for and then we got to see so
0: very cool very cool, and, and that was it. And then from there, you were you were uh, shown the tour,
2: and then we were told to get out of the backstage. Uh, yes, they then uh, you know took us up to front of the you know front stage uh, at Disney and said, "Okay, thanks." We took some photos with you know the, the cast members who were our tour guides, and then that was pretty much it. But it was a lot within you know those three and a half four hours. We definitely spent a lot of time talking and learning and so i really appreciated that they took a lot of time with us in the groups and and answered all of our questions um and also did some nice additional things that they didn't really have to do too which i thought was a nice touch
0: yeah uh uh, there mike they definitely improved it i mean they've definitely kicked it up for sure um it's sound there's a lot a lot of extra things in here um and you know some extra time given and and things like that and obviously the cup is improved Um, but but there's a lot of improvements here so this is this is really this is really nice to know and nice to hear and it sounds like it's 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 improved at least uh 15 worth
2: yeah it sounds like it we were very impressed you know we hadn't done uh the other tour at the animal kingdom so we really kind of i did some you know research ahead of time and looked at reviews but i didn't know going in sort of the comparison so it sounds like based on what you said dave it sounds like it is definitely an improvement um and i think it we both agreed it was worth the money
0: yeah i i i, I always thought the the other one was worth the money as well but this was this was really sweet i was really happy with that so sarah before we go um it, it, Plugs, obviously, are required in any such situation. So please feel free to plug anything you have uh to plug <laughs>
2: <laughs> well i would say just check out uh gluten-free dairy you can find all of the stuff there i have a podcast but it links out there uh you can find all of my social media there as well so just head on over to that url and you'll find all this stuff that you need to get to uh all my special diets info
0: and sarah before we go did you ever do the wild africa trek
2: I have not yet. Okay. I'm dying to.
0: Neither neither have I and I've and my my uh I'm, I'm, the one thing I would like to do is hear somebody who's done both of these and see whether or not the Wild Africa Trek is worth the extra two hundred dollars or whatever it is. From Wild this. Africa Trek
1: about two hundred dollars, so and this is about what was
0: ninety. Ninety, so. yeah. The Wild yeah. Africa Trek's more like two fifty now, uh, and the, <laughs> and this is and this is ninety. So I always wanted to see what the comparison is. I mean, they're very different experiences, but I've never met anybody who did the backstage tour and didn't come out feeling like they had some really great encounter, um, animal encounter, great learning experience. And, and it sounds like they've they've even upped that game. As we've said a couple times, they've, they've done that even better. So really cool. Sarah, and but, uh, also thank you very much for doing this. I, both of us are cheap, so we're never going to go on this. Thing.
1: <laughs> That's <not laughs> true.
2: I'm going to hold you to that, Mike. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so thank you very much you heard where you can find Sarah you can find Mike and I at JomboEveryone.com you can also find us on Twitter Mike is at JomboEveryone I am at Radio Harambe so for Sarah and Safari Mike I am Dave McBride Quaharini, go well and thank you for listening to Radio Radio Harambe <laughs> Aita, kwa kuwa lufa melako na kungu na udu kuku